Today on The Girl Defined Show, we're talking about something that I never imagined in a million years would be words coming out of my mouth. It's the fact that our sister, Alyssa, who was on this podcast not that long ago, living in America, very safe and kind of like this dream life, married her dream man, moved to Ukraine, and at 38 weeks pregnant, was in the car for five days trying to escape literally the invasion of Russia, bombs that she could hear outside of her house. And we are so grateful that she is in a safe place now, but her her parent-in-laws, her husband, are back at the borders in Ukraine fighting for their freedom, fighting for their lives. So many people they know and love. And I promise you, so many Christians right now and non-Christians are asking, is God good? God, are you even good? How could you allow this to happen? Whether it's something like that or just something so personal going on in your life, a tragic loss, someone you love that you're like, how could this happen? God, why? What's going on? If you're in that place or you've ever asked that question, we have good news for you. We have hope and we have something incredible to share about the character of God. This is the news that has really, biblical news that has given us hope in these hard times, given our sister hope, given our brother-in-law hope, even as they are literally fleeing for their lives. We want to bring this biblical truth to you today right here on The Girl Defined Show. Hey, sisterhood. It is Kristen and Bethany here, and we are so glad that you're joining us for this heavy but much-needed and much hope-filled conversation. If this is your first time ever tuning into The Girl Defined Show, welcome. Bethany and I are sisters, and we are passionate about God's Word and helping women understand the truths of God's Word because God's Word has brought so much freedom to our lives as we, as we have taken it literally and seriously in our darkest and deepest valleys and our mountaintop moments of celebration, praising the Lord and crying out to Him, going to Him, going to His Word, for everything that we need. His word truly is sufficient. Um, If you're joining us as a part of the Girl Defined book club going through not part of the plan, if that's what's bringing you here today, we're so glad you're here. And if you're like, wait, what book club? We have a book called Not Part of the Plan and talk about timing for this book, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. We wrote this book in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of crazy stuff already going on in the world. And little did we know that right on the other side of this book being released, that our own sister, like Bethany shared in the intro, would literally be fleeing Ukraine because of the Russian invasion fleeing for her life. And so we just feel like this book is even more relevant now. I mean, it was relevant before, but even more so now in light of the craziness that's going on in the world. So if you are joining us for the book study, we are covering chapters four and five today. And if you're brand new here, welcome. You can still join us. It's not too late. We're reading Not Part of the Plan with sisters from all around the world. Just go to girldefined.com slash book club. It's free. You can follow along, download our PDF guide that'll help you walk through chapter by chapter, help you kind of dig in. Um, But we're reading it together. And then every week on the podcast for eight weeks, we are covering different chapters. So right now we are on week three. And I just wanted to share something. It was actually a message one of you sent me about our book, Not Part of the Plan. And I thought it was just so incredible. So if you are struggling, right now. I just want to read to you what someone said when they read the book. So she says, just to say, I have started reading your book as I recently lost my job and I'm now faced with crippling anxiety. I'm only on chapter three, but each page has helped me reframe my thoughts and emotions. So thank you. Still having a hard time, but your book is a blessing. So know if you're going through something hard right now or have gone, don't do it on your own. And if you're like, I don't know where to turn in scripture, our book is not scripture, but we have scripture all throughout it. We have free study guide at the end. We have this free book study we're doing. So I encourage you to grab a 
a copy because just like this woman who messaged saying, this book is giving me hope. It's helping me know how to deal with these emotions, how to deal with my anxiety, how to deal with my questions of God, are you even good? This book, not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story will help you do that. I know that it will bring you so much hope because it has the word of God in it. Um, so I encourage you to go to girldefined.com slash book club, grab a copy and jump in and join us as we read through this book. Mm-hmm. And if you if you don't have the book and you're like, I'm hearing about this for the first time, stick with us today because you're going to find so much encouragement because I know if I could sit across from you right now and have a conversation with you and if I asked you, tell me about the hard things going on in your life right now. Tell me about your struggles. Tell me about your disappointments. Tell me about prayers you've been praying that you feel are unanswered. I guarantee, and you know this, there are things you would share. And so that is why we wrote this book because out of our own, each of our own journeys as sisters walking side by side for the last decade, each of us facing twists and turns we never saw coming. Like we had no idea. I had no idea I was going to go on a 10 plus year journey of infertility, recurrent miscarriage, eventually down the path of international adoption in the middle of a pandemic, a year before a war breaks out. I mean, no idea, but trusting God in some of those hardest and darkest moments, asking the question, God, are you even good? Do you even see my circumstances? Do you even hear my prayers? I have cried out to God like that. And same with Bethany and her journey of a decade of singleness, desiring marriage, longing for that good gift, and God saying, not yet, not yet. And Bethany learning to fully surrender, even in asking those questions, God, are you even good? If you're good, why aren't you answering my prayers? Why aren't you giving me this good gift that you say is a blessing in scripture? Learning how to entrust that to the Lord and thrive right where God has her and to become a woman who has now encouraged so many other women who find themselves in those same um, seasons of struggle. I like so, this little pep talk. Thank you. Hey. It was like my, my own little um, intro. Like, yeah, right, well, I'm ready to come out and speak now. <laughs> that is why we wrote this book. We are not at the end of our journey. We're still very much in the middle of it, still learning how to trust God in deeper ways. Um, but this chapter, specifically chapter five, is what we're going to really focus on right now because I think you look around. I mean, look around at the past two years, right? We're still coming out of this worldwide crazy pandemic who is which has affected all of our lives in really hard ways, like really, really hard ways. Some of us have lost people that we love. I think we all know someone, whether an acquaintance, a friend of a friend, someone who has died because of this pandemic, losing jobs, losing future opportunities, schools being canceled, losing graduation. I mean, the list goes on of things that have been lost. And in that loss, there is a very real sense of, God, where are you in the midst of this? The world is crazy. Are, are you seeing this? Are you still here? Are you even good? And now as we're, you know, still in the pandemic, but hopefully slowly coming out of it, this war breaks out. And it's not just a war that's impacting people on the other side of the world, um, but a war that is becoming very real and impacting all of us because of economy issues and things that are happening that are only probably going to get worse. We're, we're feeling it in small ways as well, even though we're far away. And in our family, we're feeling it in a very personal way because of our sister and her husband who are living in Ukraine and now fleeing and trying to figure out what to do. Our sister about to have a baby. I feel it very personally because of the children that my husband and I adopted who are Ukrainian. Less than a year ago, we were in Kiev. Like, it just blows my mind to look back at these pictures and everything looks so normal. And then to read news stories about their specific region, Mariupol, which is southeastern U- Ukraine, and to see that Russia has completely taken over the city where we just were less than a year ago adopting our boys. It is crazy. And I have found myself not questioning, God, are you even good? Because I feel like through the valleys, God has anchored my heart in him and the truth of his word, which we're going to dig into here in a minute. So I don't find myself asking that question, but I find myself looking around sometimes and going, 
what is the point of all of this? Mm. This is really hard. So wherever you are, whatever you're wrestling with, I think we all need some hope in the Lord right now. I think most people want to know, though, was there a time in your life where you actually did ask that? Mm. Like, where, you know, and I know you share in Not Part of the Plan, you really dig into, I think, some of those moments. And you share, you know, through your miscarriages and just infertility, you use that as kind of like the foundation of those questions that you asked. So do you have a time in your life where you felt that or where you were asking, mm-hmm. like, God, why would you do this? Like, I almost feel like you're playing tricks on me. Like, what's going on? Um, can you take us to one of those moments? Just because I feel like so many of us feel mm-hmm. alone in those questions and we feel like, well, you know, you're on the other side of it now. You're doing great. Or you can look back and see God's faithfulness, but I'm in the midst of it. Yeah. And I don't feel like my faith is so strong. Yeah. So, what you know, can you I would say what I do share in this chapter, chapter five of Not Part of the Plan, is, is the point in my life where I was asking this question, God, are you even good? And sadly, I... It wasn't the last time I asked it. So the first time I asked it was right after my second miscarriage. So Zach and I were married uh, for about two and a half years at this point. The first two years of marriage, uh, we were open to having kids. We were on birth control and nothing was happening. And I just thought, oh, well, that's kind of weird. But maybe God has a greater purpose and he wants us to build this really great foundation for our marriage. So he's giving us time. So that was my thinking. And so we had, you know, got pregnant right around two years of marriage. So excited. We were celebrating and it seemed like, oh, the timing's perfect. We have this great foundation. Now we're going to be, you know, building our family. It's just full of joy. And that first pregnancy only lasted six and a half weeks and ended in miscarriage. And I was shocked. I mean, I don't I think anyone who experiences a miscarriage, it's always shocking. You're you're hopeful. You're you're hoping for the best. You're thinking the best is going to happen. You kind of look at the numbers and go, "Okay, yeah, it could happen, but it's probably not going to happen to me." I mean, that's from I remember feeling that my mom, you know, birthed a whole bunch of kids and just seemed to like have this great she was like a pro birthing lady, so I thought, "I'm good." So first miscarriage happened and, you know, Zach and I grieved and wrestled through that. Our family was so supportive, and then 6 months later I got pregnant again. And I remember googling, you know, back-to-back miscarriages, how common is this? And it was like less than a few percent of women, like 3% or something. I can't remember. Like we'll experience back-to-back miscarriages. They're super rare. So don't worry was basically the vibe I was getting from Google. Of course, don't put your hope or your trust in Google. Bad idea. But I was kind of putting my trust in these statistics and thinking, okay, everything's going to be fine. Um, I felt a little little hesitant to get as excited as I did the first time. But at the same time, I felt like everything's going to be fine. And then six and a half weeks to the day, same exact timing as the first one, I miscarried again. And I just remember after that miscarriage, it was kind of a blur. It happened really fast. But then like a few hours, I felt like something was wrong. And then boom, like the whole thing was done. And I just remember crying and grieving and having to tell Zach. I mean, he he knew something was going on when the bleeding started, so he was kind of a part of the process. But I just remember after that thinking, God, what are you doing? This is crazy. Why would you give me two pregnancies back to back only to take both of them away? This doesn't make any sense. And now I fall into this statistic of like a few percent of women dealing with this. Like, I just remember feeling so hopeless and asking that question, like, God, are you even good? And I remember thinking, like, my circumstances right now feel so bad. God feels so far away that I was struggling to believe what he says about his character. I was really, and I say this in the book, I was viewing my circ, I was viewing God's character through the lens of my circumstances rather than viewing my circumstances through the lens of God's character. And what I mean by that is that I was, my circumstances were hard. They were tragic. I was grieving um, just the loss and the pain and emotional pain, the physical pain. I mean, all this pain and loss and, and like, okay, the future, the, the due date, like all the things that just all comes crashing down and you're back to square one and you're like, what is wrong? My circumstances were really tough. 
And I know a lot of you right now are walking through really tough circumstances. And you might also be tempted, as I was, to question God's goodness because of your circumstances, to view God's character through the lens of your circumstances. Okay, my circumstances are bad, therefore God is a bad God. And quite frankly, that's just really bad theology. (laughs) That is not biblical, gospel-centered, true theology. That is a lie from our own hearts, a lie from the enemy, wanting us to view God's character through the lens of our circumstances. And so God really had to do a work in my heart. And y'all, it's not a one and done kind of thing. It's not say a prayer, you know, the flare prayer or grab that quick verse and cling to it and everything's changed. Like sometimes it's a process and it's as you're grieving and you're experiencing that pain and you're questioning things, where do you take those questions? Where do you take that grief? And for me, I knew I had to take it to the word of God because if I took it anywhere else, I was going to come up short. I was going to come up with a quick fix, a temporal um, you know, balm for my emotions, my pain. I knew I needed something more. And so as I dug into the word of God and I saw the true character of our God and meditated on that and rested in that, uh, for me, that's when I started to see a glimpse of hope. That's when I started to view my circumstances through the lens of God's character. Yes, my circumstances are hard. I don't want this but God is good. God is faithful. He is constant. Yes, my circumstances just took a twist and turn. They're changing, but God is unchanging. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'm brokenhearted, but God is near to the brokenhearted. Okay, so it's like over and over, Scripture was informing my emotions and leading me toward what is true. And that is so important as we question, God, are you even good? And that's why I encourage you, sister, wherever you're listening, to dig into not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story for yourself. Because you have your own specific circumstances. And so to be able to sit with this book, to open up your Bible and say, okay, here are all the scriptures that they've listed. Here are the prayers. Here are the questions I can ask. You know, don't just listen, but actually apply, dig in, do like the the hours of, of meditating and being in God's word because mm-hmm. one podcast is great, but we don't want you to stop here. We want you to make this personal. We want you to have a relationship with God for yourself. And we really equip you in that in our book, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. Go to girldefined.com slash book club, and you can get all of the information about the book, a free study guide, everything. I just want to do a really quick flyover because we talk, you know, I hear you say, Kristen, like, okay, we've got to see God's character through the lens of scripture. And it's like, I, okay, who is God? Like, if I'm not going to popcorn these verses, what Mm -hmm. in the world are we talking about? And I actually just shared this on my Instagram account, my personal Instagram account, because so many people have been asking us, like, how is your family dealing with this war in Ukraine? Like, how is your family dealing with all of this? Like, back in the States, are you questioning God? If God is good, your family seems to have a strong faith. Like, how are you even doing that? And people have been asking me this question over the last week over and over again. And I was thinking about it and just like, why is our family stable? Why do we come together during hard times? Yes, we're hurting. Yes, we're in, you know, they're suffering. We've Our hearts are broken for the people of there. We're doing everything we can, but it feels so little, you know, and things are out of, you know, out of our control. And that's how so much of life is. Like, you just can't change things sometimes or stop things. Really hard things in life happen. And so who is this God that we're praying to? Who are we serving? And so what I came back to is truly like knowing who the God of the Bible is. And I think in our modern day, so many of us have such a weak understanding of scripture and we view it as very individual rather than one big story. And we we view it as the story of Christ and his redemption and who he is. It makes so much more sense. But when we just pull our little circumstance out and say, God, who are you? Are you even good? Yes, we're going to feel alone. We're going to feel broken. But what I want you to do is just, I'm going to do this super quick so you can dig into our book, Not Part of the Plan, to dig deeper into this stuff. But I'm 
I'm just going to give you a quick overview. If you think of our loving, amazing God, he created the world. He created the garden. Perfect. There was no sin in the world. You had Adam and Eve, and he created them to work the garden, to be in perfect relationship, not only with each other, but with him. They walked with him. That was God's original design. That was his plan, to be in perfect fellowship, not because he needed us, but out of love that he loved us, and he wanted us, and he wanted to create us. Like, what an incredible God we serve. That's the same God that we serve today, and it wasn't him who rejected us. It wasn't him who said, nope, you're not good enough. I'm going to reject you. It was humans. It was us. It was Adam and Eve who said, God, I know you're loving, but I think I know better. So I'm going to do things my own way. They rejected God. They did the one thing he told them not to do. And at that point, sin entered the world. And after that, an animal was slayed. Blood had to be shed to pay for the punishment of sin. It could not go unpaid for. And that animal, that blood that was shed was only a foreshadowing of what was to come. I mean, think about this. The whole Old Testament points and draws us to this moment in the New Testament of the Savior, the Redeemer coming. That's what everyone was looking forward to. You can see it even throughout the Old Testament, this Redeemer. When is he going to come? Who is this man that will come and save us? People were anticipating it and looking forward to it. And think about it. God creates the world. He creates humans. They reject him. They rebel against him. We rebel against him all of the time. And what did he do? He gave his one and only son, like John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He had his only son, perfect, complete, nothing wrong with him. And he says, these humans that I created that rejected me, I'm going to send my perfect son because he's the only one who can pay the true ultimate price for the sin and the unjust and and the, the wrong that they have done. And so what did Jesus do? He came to earth, lived for 33 years, a perfect life, never sinned, was fully God and fully man. And then he literally went willingly to the cross. He understands suffering and injustice more than anyone that ever existed. He was perfect. He's the only one that deserved everything. And he gave up everything for us. He was tortured. He was beaten all as a an innocent man. And what did they do? They hung him on the cross. And you know what Jesus said at some of his dying words? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Even him, the perfect creator who could have literally just zapped us and said, bad idea, shouldn't have created them out of love, gave up his life. But he did didn't stay dead. He went to the grave and then he rose three days later, miraculously conquering sin, conquering death and saying, I have made a way. I am now at my the right hand of my father. And one day after graciously, I give you time to come to know me. I mean, that's why the world still exists so that people can come to know God. One day I will return and there will be a new garden and all will be made just like it was meant to be. The world will be completely new and it will be all as it was meant to be. You will walk in perfect fellowship with me, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to come back yet. You know why? Because I want more people to come to know Jesus. I want more people to come to know the God who created them, who we were made in his image. And so as you're thinking about scripture, you have to view these verses through that lens. That is the God you serve, the God of the gospel, the God who is making a new heavens and a new earth one day so that we can live in perfect fellowship with him. And that is what gives our family hope. That is what we build our lives upon. When you, you know, when we talk to our sister Alyssa, who is, you know, about to have a baby any day, may have a baby by the time you listen to this, whose husband is going back, trying to help refugees, trying to get people out of Ukraine, trying to help fight this war, who are literally, you know, literally left everything that they own. They have nothing now. And our family who's saying, we feel so helpless. We feel so heartbroken. What can we do? How can we love you? How can we support you? Instead of rejecting God, we say, God, we know this breaks your heart just 
even more as it does ours. Because you sent Jesus to die for this. He literally hung on the cross for these injustices, for this sin. His body literally was tortured for this. You sent your only son. I can't even imagine that. I have one son. I cannot imagine giving him up to people who hate him and want to kill him. Can you imagine? But that's what God did. And so we need to think about uh, when we ask that question, God, are you even good? Which is hard. And I know the pain is much. We say, God, are you even good? And then we think of the God of scripture. And then we think, wow, if I've trusted in him for my salvation, I am adopted into his family, which means I get his inheritance. I am his. Just like Kristen adopted her boys. They have Mm. her inheritance. They take on her name. There are Clarks now. They are here. They're in her home. We get that with Christ. And We don't have to be here forever. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We have hope. So instead of rejecting God, let's cling to him and thank him for his mercy. Thank him for what Jesus did on the cross. Thank him that one day we get to spend forever with him. And instead of just mourning, we should be praying that more would come to know Christ because if if there's not hope in that, then there's no hope. And so we don't mourn like people who don't have hope. We do have hope, but it doesn't diminish the pain. But we know we serve a God who can understand and sympathize because Jesus went through so much mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. And I love that. That is something we wanted to draw out in this chapter, chapter five of not part of the plan is that we don't serve a God who's a distant, detached God, um, who's like unacquainted with grief, unacquainted with suffering, but a God, like Bethany said, who loved us so much that he sent his own son to suffer in in our place um, to suffer the ultimate consequences of taking the wrath, the sin of the world upon his shoulders, dying in our place, rising again in order to give us new life. And so when we pray to this God, when we ask, God, are you even good? We have to view God through the lens of who he really is, a God who is acquainted with grief, a God who suffered as we have suffered and understands we can take our pain and our brokenness to God. That is the right and good place to take it. Don't take it to the Cheeto bag. Don't take it to the ice cream in your closet. I have taken it to those places. You know, the pills, the meds, like there's so many things the world will say, this will soothe, this will fix, this will this will make things new again. And God is saying, come to me. I understand suffering. And something that we write in this chapter, chapter five, is you, my sister, are so loved by Jesus that he willingly left his perfect place in heaven to live a human life filled with suffering, pain, rejection, and loss. And he did this for the ultimate purpose of redeeming humanity by dying a painful death on a cross so that you could be saved. That's how much he loves you. The gospel shows us how incredible God's love is for us because only a loving and sacrificial God would die to save his people. And that is our God. So every day, in every struggle, in every grief, we need to remind our hearts of the cross over and over again because God understands there is no better place that we can take our pain. And like Bethany pointed to the future hope, I will speak very honestly that that is something in my journey of infertility and recurrent miscarriage, just feeling like I I don't know if this is ever going to end. I mean, I I, I kind of jokingly say once I hit menopause, I guess I'll have my sure answer. <laughs> like as far as biological children go, like okay, Lord, well, you know, the door's closed now unless God pulls like a miraculous Sarah and Abraham. But I don't see that happening. Um, by the way, you're far from menopause. <laughs> Kristen's only thirty five. Okay, it, it can hit. I'm thirty three. Oh my god, that is my joke though. It's like okay, Lord, I I'm going to keep praying. I, I Zach and I still long for biological children. We long for the brokenness of what we've 
experience, like we long for redemption, even in that to see, um, to see like, okay, the Lord answer our prayers. We still pray every day. And we also praise God every day for the two boys that he has given us. Um, but it is still a prayer of our hearts. And so, um, I'm going to keep praying that until I hit menopause, but something that I, that really encourages me in the midst of this longing, it is for me still an unfulfilled longing in that way. And I know many of you have those prayers where you just wonder, like, I've been praying this for a long time and God still hasn't answered. He's saying, wait, he hasn't maybe said no, because there's still time, but I don't know what his answer is going to be. That's where I find myself. And the thing that gives me so much hope is even on this side of heaven, if these prayers never get answered in the way that I'm praying for them to be answered, I can trust them to God and I can look to my ultimate hope, which is that I am not going to be on this earth forever. That at any point I could die, but Lord willing, if I live a normal long life, I'll die of old age. You know, that's my prayer as well. <laughs> and die of old age. And then I will go to be with the Lord. And my whole purpose of this, have living on this earth, my whole purpose is to build God's kingdom, to glorify God and to love God with my whole heart. That is my calling. That is my goal. So as I'm here on this earth, thinking about the suffering and the prayers and wrestling and continuing to pray, I find so much hope in knowing that this is just a blip on the timeline of humanity. Like my life is so short and this is not my home. It's temporal. And I will be with the Lord one day where he will wipe away every tear, where there will be no more crying, no more pain, no more grief, because these former things will have passed away and we will be with God made new with new bodies. Like Bethany said, the garden restored for all of eternity. That's what we're aiming for. That's what we're going for as Christians. That's what we're going toward. And so that gives me so much hope because I know this pain truly is only temporal. The longings are real. The longings are hard. The seasons are difficult, but it's not forever. And so when I meditate on the truth of scripture, I remember what I'm moving forward toward as a Christian. The Lord brings so much hope to my heart in that. As we wrap this up, and I hope this has been really encouraging to you, I want to point out a free resource that we created that I specifically found incredibly encouraging after my third miscarriage, actually. And it is the names and attributes of God. Because something that we can struggle with, and I think part of the reason we even ask the question, God, are you even good? It's because our hearts have forgotten who God really is. And in those moments when our pain is so big, we actually make God really small in our minds. We bring him down to a human level and we view him through the pain of our circumstances. And so I remember in my heart grieving so much, crying out, God, are you even good? Do you even see? And I knew it was going to be a downward spiral if I did not get some truth in my heart. I knew I was diminishing God, that I was putting him in a box, making him way smaller than the incredible God that he really is. And so I needed truth to be injected into my heart and my brain. And so I found online this 30-day um PDF and every single day, like day one, day two, it had a different name or attribute of God listed in this little square with the verses for where that was found in scripture. And I just took little baby steps. Like I said earlier, it's a journey as we work through these painful things and we process these unfulfilled longings. We take them to the Lord, but we run to his truth. And as I ran to truth every day by studying who God says he is in scripture, the names that he gives himself, the character, the attributes that define God throughout scripture, as I studied them one day at a time, I I am telling you, by the end of the 30 days, my heart was renewed. God was big. He was awesome. He was good. He was faithful. He is everything he says he is. My heart just needed to be reminded of that. So if that sounds like something that would be really encouraging to you right now, we created a free PDF, a 30-day page. It's a 30-day, it's a 30-day prayer journal through the names and attributes of God. But really, it's just a little square, same kind of thing, but we girl defined it up. So it's really cute. 
And you can just take one day at a time and pray that name or attribute of God. Look up those scriptures, journal in your own journal, and use that as a way to meditate and remind your heart of this incredible, good, and loving Father that we have. And you can get that for free over on girldefined.com slash God. That's girldefined.com slash God. Well, y'all, thank you so much for sticking with us. If you haven't joined the book study, please join us so that you can be uh, reading along with us and finding this kind of encouragement week after week with sisters all around the world. To get more info and to sign up for free, just go to girldefined.com slash book club. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tap that five star. Even if you've done it, you can do it every single day. That's something I learned. Every single day that you pull up your podcast app, you can tap five stars and continue to help us get more ratings, which will allow our podcast to be discovered by more women who also need hope. We love you so much. We're praying for you and we'll see you guys next week.